Welcome to Authors of the Pacific Northwest, where we connect authors with new listeners and provide advice to aspiring authors on the business of writing. I'm your host, Vicki J. Carter. So hi there, podcast listeners. Thank you again for coming back to the Authors of the Pacific Northwest. And today we have a treat. We have the wonderful author, Lori Buchanan, on the show. So Lori, would you like to say hello to listeners? Hi, listeners. And Vicki, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm so honored to have you. I'm very excited to talk about your two books and your, your upcoming book that's coming along. Yes. Um, so listeners don't know this yet, but we're going we're gonna to dive in and you're going to get to know Lori and I think you're going to have a lot of fun uh, with her. But Lori, let's get started by getting to know you just a little bit. Tell us a little bit um, about what state you live in, in in the Pacific Northwest. I live in the beautiful state of Idaho. I live in Boise and I live in one of the historic districts here. So it's really cool. The, I live in a carriage house, a 500 square foot carriage house. And its claim to fame is that it is the oldest still standing building in Boise. It was erected in 1865. Oh my heavens, I'm going to have to come visit you just to see your house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, we, my husband and I haven't been to Idaho that much. I've been enough. It, as a kid, my parents would go to Idaho often and I go and I'd been to Boise, but that is an awesome home to live in lots of history so wonderful we live in an almost I think about in one year our home will be a hundred years old it's a craftsman home I think it's maybe the third or fourth home that was built in our area and we have the blessing and privilege of living in it, but it does have its own personality. <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> Just like any old home. So. Right. so over in Idaho, share with us a little bit. This is a kind of off the cuff. I don't have many Idaho authors yet. So I'm hoping that, you know, you can inspire some of your author friends to come on the podcast. Share with us something exciting about the state of Idaho. We know a lot about a Washington and Oregon, but what's something exciting about Idaho that we need to know about? Idaho is drop-dead gorgeous no matter where you are. And we just finished, my husband and I just finished a 1,200-mile road trip, which was both Montana and Idaho. And I got so many pictures for my Instagram feed. It is, no matter where you look, you can't see anything ugly. We, we have gorgeous rivers, gorgeous lakes, gorgeous mountains. And the towns are, the people are friendly. We're uh, a, a very dog-friendly states. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, and bicycle. (laughs) We have bicycles like crazy, and believe it or not, we even have wineries in Idaho. Okay, now you just sold me the dogs and wineries. (laughs) I have to come over. So so all you that are listening, not in the Pacific Northwest, that want to move to Seattle, maybe you need to look at Idaho, because it's (laughs) just fantastic, and there's not as much traffic, apparently, right? (laughs) Right. Oh, not not even, we don't even come close to Seattle. I mean, nothing. (laughs) I love it because I, I, I do vince just a little bit because I live closer to Portland, Oregon, and it's just about as a booming town, right? As yes. much as Seattle is. And I'm like, you know, there's, you guys can all just move somewhere, not in Portland and Seattle. That would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard to get around. That's funny. So Lori, what's one thing you would like readers to know about you up front? Now, it doesn't have to be anything about your writing. It doesn't have to, you know, but what's one thing, if you have listeners that are listening today that might be future readers, what would you like to have them carry away when they remember your name? Wow, that's a great question. And it's a I am one. <laughs> it is. I am a person who loves to close the gap between where people are and where they want to be. That's my that's my 
purpose. That's what I do for a living. Um, that's what my first two books are about. Um, I'm a gap closer. That's I what love I am. That. I absolutely <laughs> love that. And so we'll talk a little bit about what you do for a living because I did a teeny bit of looking into you and research. And, mm-hmm. and um, what's really funny is that I'm at that stage where I feel like um, the podcast has become a life of its own. I don't know if you know much about the history, but a year ago I said I'm going to write a book. Um, started to write my first novel in a hopefully a series of three. And then I started to interview authors because I'm like, well, talk to authors about how to get published. And then it was like, wow, this is a great podcast. I know nothing about doing a podcast, but I'm going to do one. So then... Good. The, the whole my whole life came through the podcast. I'm still working on writing that first book a year later, and I'm at the stage of where. So my listeners, if they've listened from start to finish, they probably are hearing it. I'm getting a little tired. <laughs> 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 and, and just today, before we started, I did a couple of stretching because I have a fold day job. And then I go and do the, what we lovingly call the side hustle, the podcast and writing and everything um, after a full day worth work. So the dogs and I were doing some yoga stretching to keep my energies up. And I made my uh, machata ice latte and I ran in here to start. So you must be uh, meant for me to help me (laughs) re-inspired to keep going. (laughs) There you go. There you go. And tomorrow on Instagram, I have a picture of me doing yoga with my dog, Willa. So Check that out tomorrow on Tuesdays with Lori. Now, Tuesdays with Lori, we're going to jump on that. And so everybody that knows me doesn't know, I'm just really starting yoga for the first time in my life. I started, stop, started, stop. And now I'm really going, I'm dedicated trying to do yoga every day. And I don't have a class I go to yet. I'm following some people on, on TV that I found that I thought were really great. But I'm finding that it's just really energizing. So... Um, Lori, I'm rambling. Let's talk about your Tuesday with Lori. Tell us what that is because I love your Instagram posts. They're so fun. <laughs> Tuesdays with Lori is, is my website, tuesdayswithlori.com. And it's where every Tuesday a blog post goes out. It's short, I believe, heavily in concision and brevity. And so I believe also that uh, you know a picture tells a thousand words. So I never post more than 250 words. It's usually much shorter than that. And always with a photograph of my own. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I'll post the same pictures, you know, through the week, I'll post different pictures on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn and that type of thing. But on Tuesdays, everything is driven by Tuesdays with Lori, which is where, you know, people can learn about my books and people can learn about my values and and me as a, what do I do for a living, a holistic health practitioner. And if somebody wants to be my client, how would they go about it? And it's a takeoff on the book Tuesday with Maury. So I had to have my intellectual property attorney check with his intellectual property attorney to make sure because I own my name, Lori. And Tuesday, the, the, you know, the name of the day of the week isn't owned by anybody. And so everybody agreed I could be Tuesdays with Lori. So that worked out in my favor. That's super exciting because when I first saw it, I, it did remind me of that. And I'm like, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to remember. Very easy to remember. So that's, that's Tuesdays with Lori. And it just points to the fact that once a week, I am out there on my blog, and uh, it's it's a fun. I always 
I always leave my readers, I have 16,000 subscribers, a little more than 16,000, that get an internal inventory question from me to think about, just a seed thought for the week. And it's fun. I love it. And I always answer my own. You know, if if somebody puts a comment out there, I don't have an administrative assistant or anything like Mm -hmm. that. I, Mm -hmm. I answer everybody myself. Same on Twitter, same on, you know, I just, I, I do it. It's not, it's, I don't use Hootsuite. I don't have things, you know, it's, it's me. It's it's not scheduled. It's me. Yeah. Yeah, that's really fantastic. So Lori, and, and so listeners, if you are even interested in, in getting a weekly, you know, energy boost and, and positive reinforcement, you got to find Lori's Instagram because I, I found, well, she found me, everybody. Lori came and found Vicki. <laughs> so, I did. <laughs> she did. And, um, and I, I'm enjoying it. It's really wonderful. Um, can you explain to me and the listeners what a hallucinate, I can't say it right. Holistic health practitioner. Yes. Kind of give us a definition. Yes. An HHP, a holistic health practitioner, is somebody who works not just on the physical aspect of a person, it's a holistic. A physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. So an MD is going to look after, you know, what what symptoms do you have? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sneezing, I'm itching, I'm whatever. And they're going to give you something, most likely a prescription that's going to address the sneeze or the itching. Mm-hmm. A holistic health practitioner, and, you know, we pay attention to the physical too, but we want to go to the source. Mm-hmm. And we're not alternative, we're integrative. So alternative practitioners, and there are alternative practitioners. I'm a holistic health practitioner. I'm not. An alternative medicine is going to say, do this instead of that. Mm. Take my recommendation, not Dr. MD. Mm -hmm. I am going to say, absolutely, I'm going to work with your physician, and we're going to work together. You're going to do this and the holistic approach, both. So it's integrative medicine. It's complementary. These two traditional Western medicine and holistic health practitioners, they work together hand in glove and we like each other very much. I love that. So before we got on the call, I was just sharing with you just a teeny bit about my youngest daughter and some of the health scenarios. Didn't even really think that you would have been tuned into what I was saying a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, and she's going through her, her own scenario scenarios with um, wonderful, wonderful specialists. But I've always been under the idea that we need to look at everything, including her diet and her nutrition and, you know, spiritual and exercise and all Absolutely. Of it. And what are her emotions? Is she, mm-hmm. is she mm-hmm. you know, upset? Is she happy? Is she, mm-hmm. you know, where is she on the emotional scale? Because there's so many emotions and that's usually our emotions are driven by something that's going on internally. Mm-hmm. So our, you know, our, our mental is what we think our emotions are how we feel and we know that for instance we just talked about dogs dogs Mm -hmm. experience life through their noses Mm -hmm. everything is through their nose humans experience life through their feelings and you know so we need to pay attention to these feelings and these feelings can tell us a lot about what's going on physically what's going on in our mind not just our heart Mm -hmm. our heart is our emotion and spiritually too is are there some are there some holes that need to be plugged is there you know what is it and it's not even just you know there were some people that might say well Lori I'm an atheist or I'm an agnostic you know (laughs) and that's fine too it's it's then if that's the case what is your highest and best self 
missing? Mm-hmm. We'll take you, we'll put you at the top of the totem pole. And what is lacking there? And we take a look at that. So in a very long roundabout way, that's what an HHP, holistic health practitioner does. That's wonderful. So, and do you work like, are you independent? Do you have your own office clinic or do you work in a practice with other um, traditional practitioners? Well, so when we were, we've lived in Boise for five years before we moved here, I had a brick and mortar facility in Crystal Lake, Illinois, which is just north of Chicago, um, for about twelve years. And when we moved here, I went from actually hands-on work with my clients to FaceTime. Um, mm-hmm. And and we work that way. So mm-hmm. I've shifted, even though I still take care of a lot of HHP stuff, it's it's more of the life coaching now. I love that. And that's <laughs> wonderful. You know, so people will say, well, like, what are what are the most um, the most common things that people want from you? Well, the most common things, if someone's going to hire me, uh, typically, typically it's going to be a female. Mm -hmm. Typically the person either A, wants to lose weight. That's the number Mm -hmm. one thing, wants Mm -hmm. to lose weight. And number two is I hate my job Mm -hmm. and I want to work for myself. I want to be Mm -hmm. self-employed. And number three is um, I'm being held hostage in a relationship. I can't stand him or her. I don't know how to get out of it. Mm. So those are my probably the top three things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, a myriad. But the, basically, if, if I'm getting an email or a phone call from somebody, I can pretty much put money that it's going to be in those three things. categories. Yes. How yes. absolutely wonderful. So listeners, don't I, I don't talk a lot about my journey outside of the writing process on the podcast, but... In this last year, I started a a healthy journey. And my listeners probably know this because I do tend to bring on people (laughs) that mirror the things I'm going through or I've I've discovered. So it kind of helps a little bit. But um, I would say about three years ago, I started on the journey of true healthiness just for me and started weight loss and then really got serious. Had an amazing um, health coach that helped me about eight months ago, lost a significant amount of weight, but she taught me how to um, do it correctly for life. Mm-hmm. And really, she also taught me how my relationship with food and also, you know, just having a balance. It's just been a life changing, all just huge difference for me. Um, and so, but it also, we had, we really did a lot of talking about the internal and how we look at ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. And we talked about the spiritual and, and we talked about all that. All those things are so tied in. It doesn't matter if you're looking to, I don't feel like if you're looking to change your job or you're looking to um, lose weight or you change your relationship, you have to look inward a little bit too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of segues really nicely into your two books that you have written. And so share with us the titles and kind of share with us a little bit of the premise about that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about your writing process. Absolutely. Okay. So the first book is Note to Self, A Seven-Step Path to Gratitude and Growth. And it came out in November of 2017. And since that time, it has won six awards, including the one I'm most proud of. It won the Forward 
Harvard Indy Self-Help Book of the Year. So oh, that was a pretty so big fantastic. deal. That's huge because there's plenty of indie self-help Oh, yes, absolutely. And this one is designed to help the reader close the gap between where they are and where they want to be. Mm-hmm. And book number two is The Business of Being, Sole Purpose, In and Out of the Workplace. And it came out in July of 2018, so not quite a year ago. It's won two awards so far, and it shows readers how to thrive soul side out in and out of the workplace. It's mm. a fun book. I, I have mm. recipes in there. It's a fun book. And then um, I'm working on, um, I'm, I did a 180-degree shift, and I'm now working on a nonfiction book, a fiction book, excuse me, that comes out in August of 2020, and it is the book one in a series. It's a suspense thriller that takes place in the Pacific Northwest. Ooh. In fact, it, yeah, it's in Fairhaven, just outside of Bellingham, Washington, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a psychological thriller about a sociopath who uh, takes on the persona of a writer and goes to a, a writing retreat. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I'm hooked already, and we're going to bring you back when that one's done, so you could share that one with us. That's very very exciting. <laughs> Yes, I love it. I love it. So let's backtrack a little bit on the first two books that that are your nonfiction books. Mm -hmm. Uh, I absolutely love the topics. um, like I said, I, I tend, people get drawn to me and I tend to bring them on the podcast because it's kind of like where I'm at as authors. I, I just had, I just interviewed a um, gal who has a book called a year of living kindly and yes. she's going to be on and she'll actually be on a, a couple weeks listeners after Lori's on so it seems like the the month that this your podcast yes is that, very is that positive Donna is that <laughs> Donna, is Donna yes. yeah I know Donna I love her I read she asked me um before the book came out would I read it and give her an author endorsement oh alert? I love and it. Well, it is a phenomenal it is a let me just put in a plug for her. yes please this do. is a phenomenal book that takes you a, a year you can well you can read it really fast if you want but it, it is a, a bite a day that is absolutely phenomenal. It is what I call puck, positive, uplifting, constructive, and healing. Those I are the met- metrics that I live by. And that, that her book fits the bill. And it's, it's astonishing. So listeners, while you're listening to Lori and I talk about Donna's book, just know it's going to be out after this podcast in two <laughs> weeks. And what's really astonishing is that, so Donna came on and we had this amazing discussion about kindness. And, and it's something that I'm so drawn to and I want to live my life kindly. And, um, but I didn't have the identification of that's really what it was. And then Donna just landed just like you did, found me and said, I want to be on the podcast. I brought her on and I started <laughs> to record. And so she, I just got her book. She sent me a copy of the book and I'm reading it. And um, just a few uh, podcasts ago, I had um, Philip Kinney on and he wrote a book called The Writer's Crucible. And he's a psychotherapist and he's also an author. And he went through the stages that um, authors or creatives go through mm-hmm. when it comes to um, self-doubt and being able to con- free yourself from those constrictions to be able to write um, well. And so I've just been like in this year of awakening, I guess you can say. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, One part about your your second book, your title, and I want to talk a little bit about this, um, about living your life um, fully in work and outside of work. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about that? And then I'll share with you the reason why I asked that. Yes. Uh, 
and and I'll and so go ahead and start there and then we'll we'll come back to the reason why I asked that. <laughs> okay. Many people, and this isn't true necessarily for everybody, but when I was in the corporate world years ago, it, it is in some work situations difficult to be authentic. It's difficult to be yourself. You have to go to work with kind of a mask on uh-huh. and be what your 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 pay is based on. Um, yeah, for instance, I'll I'll give you use myself as an example. Sure. Yeah. Um, we had to, we had annual reviews and we had to multitask. It was the thing. And you had to talk about multitasking, how you multitask, that you love to multitask, that you love to have uh, your left hand on fire, your right hand on fire, (laughs) your hair on fire and your behind on fire. Oh yes. And, and so I had to pretend that that was how I thrive. Well, Mm -hmm. anybody who knows anything about me happens to know that I'm a Buddhist and we do one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. We focus and we do one thing at a time extraordinarily well. Yet here I was at work saying, "Mm, yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags full. When in fact, I I was focused. They loved my work. I I, always hit the pay grades, but I I was not telling the truth. That Mm -hmm. wasn't very nice, but I was doing exceptionally well doing it my way, but having to say that I was multitasking when in fact I was not. Mm -hmm. So that's just one example of having to, having to, um, maybe you, maybe you have to be a team player when in fact you are a a person who works best by yourself, Mm -hmm. but you have to step out of your zone. So this book helps people to be themselves, be transparent, be authentic, not get fired at all, but, but be <laughs> which is a plus. <laughs> exactly. And be soul side out, meaning your, your, your true self is out there. Your highest and best self is at work. Um, and you can, you, you can tell the truth the whole entire time and not get fired. And, and that's kind of where, where this book goes. What a beautiful, beautiful concept, honestly. And, and um, it's something Donna and I talked a little bit about also kindness and work because she goes to corporate America and she talks about bringing kindness into work. So do you get the opportunity to take that message into um, organizations and talk with them about it? Because I do feel that is something that is not necessarily addressed well in our human resources departments. Absolutely. I do. I get, oh, okay. I get, I get brought in as a consultant sometimes uh, as a speaker for the whole general population. When I was in the corporate world, I was um, in HR, I was in recruiting. Um, so it was, so I know where to go, who to talk to. When I go into a corporate situation, I know who are the string pullers and who, mm-hmm. who, who has the leverage. So yeah, Yes, I get that opportunity, and it's a wonderful opportunity. Well, bravo, and I think that's a much-needed conversation to have. And it doesn't matter, I think, what industry there it is. I'm in higher ed, and I love being in higher ed. I love working with students and seeing the transformation that comes from education. But then again, we have our metrics that we have to hit. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's no organization that doesn't have some sort of measurements. And I struggle with measurements in the sense that, and this is, so this is kind of part of the story. Um, I struggle with measurements in the sense when it's just a metric and we don't look at the entire picture of the person or the situation, especially in higher ed. It's a real challenge when you're working with adult students because there's multifacets. Anybody that is had any higher ed background with adult students knows, you know, there's a whole theory around it. And, Mm -hmm. and so I work for one of the most leading amazing um, universities, but still we're caught up sometimes in those things. 
And I had to get to a place after six years of balance of where I was working myself to death, trying to, you know, get up to that ladder to the highest level I thought that I needed to be at in my education and in my career. And it wasn't literally after several failures. And we're talking almost getting fired failures (laughs) (laughs) because I dug my toes and said, I will not operate this way. I cannot work with people the way you're asking me to work with them because it goes against everything I believe in. Mm-hmm. And um, that that message wasn't received well. And so I almost was on the brink of being ushered out. Thank goodness I wasn't. And I still get to stay where I'm at working with students. But I think that message needs to be shared everywhere that we have to be authentic who we are and then for us to figure out how to operate in that authenticity (laughs) right exactly yeah yeah so for me my magic so everybody will know about a you know that year ago when I woke up um, I was striving for everything and all of a sudden my darling husband looked at me and said because I was deciding oh am I going to go back to um do my doctorate. Uh, I'm kind of bored. I need to do something. I want to, you know, maybe move up and work some more, try something else. And he goes, why don't you just write? You're just a brilliant writer. Why don't you just spend all that energy there? And it was that aha moment that I can do my work day and, and be fulfilled there, but then I can do something else. And the writing and the podcast has brought that life and joy to me. <laughs> Wonderful. That's fantastic. I love hearing that. Yeah. It's the creative part. So So let's talk a little about the first book. So the first book has not a workplace environment necessarily. So kind of encapsulates for us what the first book is about. It, it, I work a lot on the premise of color mm. and um, color therapy is something that an HHP holistic health practitioner is going to pull into it's in their bag of tricks. And people don't realize that every single thing has a vibration, every mm. single thing, whether it's a desk or whether it's a fan or whether it's a human being or what a plant, it doesn't matter. And every single thing has a color Mm -hmm. and we can tell the difference between pink, blue, green, red, orange, um, um, based on the speed at, at which that energy hits the rods and cones in our eyes. And that affects us. It, it affects our internal organs. It affects our glands. It affects our nervous system. It affects everything. So most people have heard of color therapy. And, you know, when I was in the business world, when I was in the corporate world, um, one of our clients was Sony. And um, we would have them come in often. And we had to be uh, we had to wear our power suits on the Sony. Oh yes, I had some of those. I put away. Yes, yes, too many more. Yes, and we those for the women. Power suits were red, mm-hmm. and that was important. And we were conveying without saying a word this strength and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. For a writer, one of the best colors that they can use it's a it's a color that really unleashes. Uh, creativity and and oh, blossoms inspiration is blue and it's any oh. of the shades of blue oh, whether it so is fantastic. sky blue or turquoise blue indigo blue is fantastic for that and I talk about you know green is for for self-love and other love and so forth and so the chapters are broken down based on on colors and how we can use cards it's not only just that but there's mm-hmm. there's a, a, a tremendous focus on color and how we can incorporate it in our work 
world to eat in our in our personal world, whether to, we want to boost something up or woe something down. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you've got stomach issues, let's say somebody has horrific stomach issues, yellow is phenomenal for working hmm. with stomach issues hmm. and, and so on and so forth. So Fantastic. in in a nutshell, um, that's that's how the chapters are broken down. I love it. Well, that's interesting because in my office where I do all my writing, my work, my podcast, I have lots of blue. I'm so drawn to blue. It's <laughs> I always say it's because of the ocean. I'm drawn to the ocean itself and anything to do with the ocean. I tell my husband I'm a landlocked mermaid. I need to be by water. <laughs> there you go. Unless I'm by water. So I did a lot of blue accents in my office. And that's interesting that I didn't know that. <laughs> that and, and see, but you, and on some level you did. You I must kn- have. You know that that's what we you know that eases you. It's therapeutic for you. Mm-hmm. So when you go into this room and, and shut the door or leave the door open or however it is that you work, you, you decorated that to soothe your soul, mm-hmm. to, to, to prime the pump. And that's wonderful. So at somewhere you, you may not have known, Oh, the color blue helps writing, but you, you knew that blue is soothing and therapeutic uh-huh. for yourself. It is. Yeah. How fascinating. I love it. Well, let's talk a little bit about your writing process because it sounds like to me, um, your two books that you have, but you can jump on also the um, fiction book you're working on um, have come out just organically from your working environment. Is that mm-hmm. kind of how that process? Absolutely. Absolutely. The first two came from that. And then, as I mentioned, uh, I happen to be Buddhist. Most of us are sweet, loving, kind, and thoughtful. Yes. And it's just fun every now and then to be mean, ugly, vile, and vicious. And I can do that in a story. Yeah. <laughs> so I, get, I get to kill people, you know, and I've had my, you know, I, if anybody were to look at my research history on my laptop and look up, you know, how do you, how do you, you, you kill someone with a garret? How do you poison someone without letting me oh my gosh but I'm having a blast because in my normal real life situation it's this you know um just you know sweet loving kind and thoughtful and then I get to be mean ugly violent vicious and you know live through the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath they're very similar yet they're different but I get to kind of uh take on that persona and I'm having a blast doing it. But my actual, my, my writing process is one, I I teach at UW-Madison. I teach at the Writers Institute there. And this is one thing that I share with people is if you, first of all, and treat writing as a business, Mm -hmm. don't treat it as anything other than a business. So you need to block out time on your calendar, like you would have a a dentist appointment or, you know, any other professional appointment, you schedule your time and you honor that you show up. You don't say, Oh, it's just my writing. No, you, you treat it as a business. So when you, when you come in or when I come into my work, my writing studio, um, the first thing that I do, I, I clear my desk. The only thing on my desk is twofold. My, my phone goes in my drawer. It's turned off and it's tucked in my drawer so I cannot be distracted by that and I have a uh, I have a little thing that holds a tea light and I've discovered that Yankee the Yankee brand of tea light candles burn just about six hours maybe just depending on the the flavor I usually burn Macintosh because I love the smell of apples (laughs) but anyway I light that and that is my 
sacred contract to myself to keep my butt in the chair Mm -hmm. until that tea light goes out of its own volition. I love that. That's fantastic. (laughs) Exactly. And so if I get like, oh, I can't stand this. I'm, you know, I'm hitting my head against the wall. I look at that flame and I remind myself that was a promise. So I I schedule that time for, you know, I I know I can't be interrupted. I won't be interrupted because I schedule my time for that. I'm not having a client call. I'm not being, I don't, I schedule it for when I'm not going to go, okay, I need to vacuum first and then the Uh dishes have to be clean. Because if we always, if we um, kowtow to those things, we won't write. So Uh I, I, I make this flame something that's visible. I see it and I just, I just work until that flame goes out. And that's my process. It's a commitment to excellence. It's a commitment to myself. I don't, I never spend time. I invest time. Mm. When we, when we spend time, it's like spending money. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. usually don't have something to show for it. When Mm -hmm. we invest our money, we're expecting an ROI, a return on investment. So my, my writing, I treat it as a business and I'm expecting an ROI on it. I love that, Lori. And you must have needed to tell me that today (laughs) because it's something that I'm struggling with. It's not finding the time that I'm struggling. It's finding that in that realization. I know I'm investing in myself in writing this books and working with my writers group and editing them and working on the podcast is a total investment for me. I have always told everybody this podcast is a a labor of love for me, but it's also very selfish because I'm gleaming so much information from amazing authors. Well, <laughs> and that's brilliant. That is so, <laughs> that is cutting edge, cut, bleeding edge, brilliant on your part. Yeah. Well, it's, it just came out of need. And then I thought I can't keep this all to myself. I would just explode. So the podcast came out of that as well. And um, so, but I love the idea of that, the candle or making that commitment to yourself and, and knowing that there is going to be an investment, you know, this, there's going to be a return on that investment. Yes, yes. It's something my husband, my, my husband is being, everybody, when they finally meet him someday, they're going to say, you are so amazing, but he is <laughs> um, because he always tells me when I'm getting at that tired point, you know, cause I mean, when you're doing so much, you do get burnt out and tired. Sometimes you have to pause and talk about it and work that out. And, and he always tells me in 10 years when your books are out and your podcast is so huge, you know, he gives me all that because you're, you're going to look back and remember how tired you were, but it was, it's going to be worth every bit of it. Absolutely. He's (laughs) right. And he sounds wonderful. He is wonderful. (laughs) I'm keeping him, everyone just so you know, (laughs) but he's, he's an artist as well. He's a musician Uh, and he's lived the life. So he knows, he knows the ropes and he's watching me go through that. So, so Lori, let's talk about your publication journey. So are your books, you said, that they were indie. So um, tell us kind of how that got started, who you're um, published through as far as independent and yes, what's your advice for individuals like me? Because I'm leaning towards a specific independent group for publishing. Okay. Um, I love to talk about my publisher. I love I, it. I'm a hybrid publisher. Mm-hmm. I'm a hybrid author. So she writes press yeah. is my publisher. And in fact, I need to, I need to give them a plug because they just won. Uh, they're the first 
hybrid publisher to ever win the Next Generation Indie Book Awards, and they took it away in 2019, Publisher of the Year. So if anybody's looking for a publisher, she a hybrid publisher, she writes press, I highly recommend. Now, they are the hybrid is is the exact same as going through a tradition. You have to be vetted just Mm -hmm. like you would a traditional publisher, Mm -hmm. but you are going to... um, absorb some of the cost up front mm-hmm. and so but you also get more of the the return mm-hmm. so every time a book sells instead of getting 17 cents or I just made that up but you know this little <laughs> amount from you know big number a publisher traditional publisher you get more of it because you've invested in in yourself again it's an investment you're not spending money mm-hmm. you're investing so I published my first book, they took me on. They vetted me completely. They took me on. The second one, I had to pitch again. Mm-hmm. They took me on. I, I pitched the third one that's coming out in August 2020. I had to still pitch it. They don't just yep. assume that you're wonderful. Exactly. And then they vetted me again. And then um, I'm working on the next. So the first one, the, the name of the series is Creative Quill. That's the name of the writing retreat. And the first one is Indelible. The one I'm working on now is called Iconoclast. And so they 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 will be the publisher. Uh, I can't imagine that they would say no for book number two. So I will say that they're going to be the publisher. We'll put it out there with belief. (laughs) You know, they are, they are wonderful about 18 months in advance. Um, I mean, if you want something out like right now, you probably don't want to work with She Writes Press. You have about an 18 month lead time with them so that you're, you're, you have this huge timeline that you print out and you put up on your wall. And this is what happens 18 months in advance. Okay. Now do this. This is 17 months in advance. Now this is super great though. Oh yeah. And you have to hit these. And if you Mm -hmm. don't, you get an email from whoever your project manager is and or Brooke Warner, who is the editor Mm -hmm. uh, and publisher there. And so you, you're hitting these, these things that have to occur. And you don't want them to slip through the cracks. And it's wonderful. They're truly, truly a partner. And I love love being an SWP, a She Writes Press. And not only do you get to work with them, all of the people, all of it's women, all of the women who've gone before you, we have a secret page on Facebook and we can ask each other questions. You know, did you do, did you do um, books on the train in New York? Did you, was it worth your investment? Did you do this? Did you do that? Was it worth your investment? I found out about you through the secret page. I know. And that's what's so funny because I have a secret dream of coming to She Writes. Because I was, oh, introduced, do. Yeah, yes. I was introduced um, by an, a fellow author. She came on the podcast and just talked because I've, I've been interviewing everybody. I want to know about hybrid. I, I want to know about independent. I want to know about traditional publishing because I, I'm a librarian by nature and by trade. And so I can't help myself but do all this research. Right. And I've heard so many things about all different avenues and ways of going. And I think that, that it's an individual personal process. Right. Not yes. I have several authors that I know are good friends of mine that started out with independent publishing on their own. And then they decided that they wanted to rewrite those books and, and work with an agent and an editor. And they're doing that and they're having a great experience. And I've had people that have had terrible experiences on all sorts of ends as well. Yes. And so, but I have a secret dream of coming to She Writes because oh, all the I'm, authors I've yes. talked to, I'm just dying. 
<laughs> oh, and we, we absolutely love each other. I mean, we yeah. really, we encourage each other. If somebody, you know, takes a hit, maybe they got a, a, a one-star review or somebody just ripped them to shreds. We go and we, we are like whales that lift up the, the whale that's not having a good time, you know, and we just help each other. And it is, it's wonderful. So you've got this whole sisterhood that's really, it's, it's, it's vital to me. Um, and we, we help each other. So yes, yes, that, that has been my journey. Well, there, that is a reason I can honestly feel that I can say this without even talking to the editors or getting to know them or anything. That has to be a reason why they won the prestigious award that they won because, because it's, in my mind, I'm growing really to believe that authors, we tend to write alone, but it's not supposed to be a lonely process and the journey is not supposed to be on your own. It's, a, it's supposed to be a journey and B, you're supposed to do with others and you Absolutely. have to have that community of others. And I wasn't a true, well, I wouldn't say I wasn't a believer in that. I was scared of that process until um, a really great writer group in my community who have, um, they've done amazing things in our area. They heard about me. I had a few of them on my podcast and I literally started out in my community. Nobody knew that I was a writer. They knew I worked for higher ed. They knew me as a librarian, Mm -hmm. but they had no idea I was a writer and that I was going to do a podcast. So I started to bring them on and started to get into the community. The one thing about me is I've lived in this community my whole life and my whole life I wanted to leave. And I realized that I have to build the community that I need around me and not leave and go look for this community. And the minute that happened, uh, it just, everything got opened up. And I met amazing people online, in my community, just amazing. Right. Yeah. And it was happened because you shifted your perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it was such a pro, pro- now shift because you can ask anybody that knew me prior to this was I was going to move to Hawaii. I was going to move to Seattle. My husband and I were going to raise our kids. We're going to ditch this area. We were out of here. We had opportunities our whole married life to move to Nashville because of his music and we never did. And I was very angry that I was still in this community. And I finally just said, okay, universe, what are you trying to tell me? There is something here you need me to stay here to do or figure out. And I better figure that out. And then when I opened the door to the idea of the creative part of my writing, and I started to say I'm a writer, and then I started to go out in the community myself and start to embrace others and talk with them and share with them and they share with me. And then I realized I've been fighting a community of looking for something that has always been here. I just never saw it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So anyways, Therapy session with Vicky apparently today. <laughs> so I love it. So um, so tell us, do you have a PR specialist or are you doing it all on your own as far as the marketing outside of She Writes Press? I, I actually I do I do it both. I do both. So what I can't do myself, I hire book sparks. It's under oh. the umbrella. Mm-hmm. She writes press and book sparks. They're under the they're under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, I do I but you don't have to when you when you are writing for she writes press you can use whoever you want but i i love the idea of it being in-house so i ask them to do things that i cannot do for myself i can do an awful lot for myself Mm -hmm. there's there's um i'm i'm pretty technically savvy i'm Mm -hmm. pretty uh i'm darn good with 
several things that I'm I'm a social media machine. You are. You're one of those authors. I don't have to worry about explaining how to know. And I, and I, I know how to do that and I enjoy doing that. Now, if I didn't know how, or I didn't enjoy it, that would be something I would ask them to do for me. Mm -hmm. I do my own website. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, I do that stuff, but there are things, there are maybe some, so I write for several newspapers and several magazines. But there were some magazines I personally couldn't get my foot in their door. So that was something I wanted. Yeah, I I couldn't get into, for instance, Aspire magazine, and I wanted to get into Aspire, and now I'm in Aspire. So that's great. that type of thing and the visibility that they've they've gotten me has has led to an opportunity up in your neck a little higher than your neck of the woods I'm going to be uh, doing a workshop at the right on the sound conference in Edmonds Washington this year in October so I'm going to be teaching the basics of building your author brand and social media presence so if you have any um, people that live in Oregon, Washington, mm-hmm. Idaho, mm-hmm. that are up in that n- neck of the woods in October, I highly recommend, uh, not just for me, but right on the sound. When you see the lineup, um, Robert Dugoni is one of the people. I love reading his books, mm-hmm. the suspense thriller mm-hmm. mystery books. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be speaking there. I'm speaking there. There are, are probably 20 speakers. And again, my workshop is going to be the basics of building your author brand and social media presence. I but, love it, Lori. Such a great workshop. Yeah. And so you know, the, the visibility came about though, from, from book sparks. That wasn't something I could get myself. I I'm because I'm from the Midwest. I, I still go and teach at UW Madison all the time, mm-hmm. but, but, teaching in the Pacific Northwest wasn't something that living in the mid, the Midwest mm-hmm. could do. For me. Mm-hmm. So there is something, and again, it's not spending money with book sparks. It's investing. investing. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is so funny. You say that word because after I met my first, um, she writes, I'm just plugging. She writes, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the metamorphosis has happened in the last couple of months after I met my first author, I looked it up and then I, I told my husband, I go, I think I know where I'm going to go publishing wise. He goes, really? You finally figured it out after all these interviews. And I go, well, I hope I figured it out. And, but I go, it's going to be an investment up front. He goes, well, mm-hmm. wouldn't your doctorate have been an investment up front? And I go, yes. yeah. And he goes, so what would the difference be? And I go, well, the long-term gain for me is much better in my mind. <laughs> right. So, so. But you know, that's brilliant of him to ask you. And it is, again, it's an investment. Anything we do, again, don't spend your time, invest your time. Don't yeah. spend your money, invest your money. So that, that's, that's great that he, he sounds like a wonderful sounding board. He's and great. I, I highly, <laughs> any, anything. that's Fantastic. And any listeners who are thinking about where to, where to pitch a book, she writes press. Um, That's my experience. And I, I give it a 12 on a scale of one to 10. Well, I'm, I'm a believer. So we'll see if I pitch my, if I can get the guts up to do it. And that's my, (laughs) my thing is I got to get the courage, right? Right. Um, So so I'll make sure that um, listeners that Lori's information is on show notes so that you can follow her website, get on her uh, mailing list, and you can hear about when she's at that conference. Um, I'm making a commitment to go to a couple more conferences in the Northwest area 
um, so that I, because I have met so many authors, but I haven't met everybody face to face. And so many are at conferences that I need to get myself to them so that I can see um, everybody. So that's one that I'm going to put on my radar for October. Now, it depends on when in October, because if it's during the week of Halloween, it's a no-go for me. Oh, no, it's it's the first week. It's early. I I don't have the dates right in front of, actually, I do. That's okay. It's, it's the it first week. Yeah. yeah. Halloween's a huge deal at my house. It, it, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm going to reveal this to everybody. I'm doing a Star Wars theme this year. Ooh. Last year we had a, I was a living live mermaid in a gigantic seashell. It was glorious. My husband did all these lights and we had, Oh my gosh. Kids. But this year I may be hiring Star Wars troopers to come and we're going to have <laughs> the Death Star in the front. And, we're gonna, and we have over a thousand kids come trick or treat at our house. Oh my. Of my life and our whole neighborhood. And so I'm going to try to get our neighborhood to do a block party at the same time. So in the oh morning. my gosh. I also have a vision of me putting some money, you know, having everybody donate money on my block for like make a wish foundation or something. Yes, like that. yes. So that's what I've been working on. So Halloween week is out for me. I'm going to be writing, but you can guarantee I'll be out in front on Halloween night as Princess Leia, a, a version or so. <laughs> oh, how fun. Oh <laughs> so my gosh. Blast. It's so much fun. Um, and that will be on social media. I can guarantee because I post things on there about that. Um, so let's wrap up. And before you start your reading, and, and you so, you're, have so much fabulous energy, um, Lori, and I just, I'm wondering what's your inspiration? And can you share what that might be for us? The inspiration is to make a, what I call puck, positive, uplifting, constructive, and healing impression um, in in my sphere, whatever my little corner of the world is, that's really important to me. If you think in terms of wet cement and putting your thumbprint in wet cement, I want to make mine because every one of us, we, you know, we contribute something, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, we contribute something. Mm-hmm. And I want my energy, the space that I take up to be positive, uplifting, constructive healing. And that's what drives me. It really is, whether I'm, you know, just with my family or with, I'm, you know, with people I do teaching that I don't know, or with clients, it, it is to be the best version of me that there can possibly be and to help people close the gap. Do you, let me ask you this tell in question to this, because I'm curious, do you ever get to the place of where, I mean, I can imagine you're human, that you have to recharge and you, you've you given so much that you have to take a step back and say, I need to recharge. Because absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That was what this, this, we just got back two days ago from mm-hmm. this road trip and it was just my husband and I and our dog, she, well, uh, she's a big Irish wolfhound. It was just the three of us. And mm-hmm. I do, I, I, I take, um, hermitages, I call them hermitages mm-hmm. and I, and I go away, whether it's to, um, I, I've gone to the Bahamas before to Eleuthera Island and mm-hmm. just, you know, taking time. Um, two months ago, I was in San Diego completely by myself. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I know to feed me because, because, um, sometimes depending on who you are and what you do for a living, mm-hmm. it's sort of like being a piece of hamburger thrown into a, a piranha bowl mm-hmm. and, and people, uh, you know, you're, you're there for them to take, mm-hmm. but you have to be able to recharge. And I mm-hmm. absolutely, I'm all about um, self-care. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, and I'm learning that process because I've always been very giving. I'll give, till the point of where I'm just burnt to death out, exhausted, but I love to give and share and help. 
And, um, and it's with my students and my family and with authors now all around me. But it was funny just the other week, my husband was like, noticed I was getting a little ran down. I go, I think I need a beach trip. I think I need to not take my laptop except for writing. I'm not going to, you know, log on. I'm going to block some time out and I just need to go to the beach and just recharge. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's good. I'm glad you shared that with me because I feel your energy while you're talking. I'm like, does she ever get tired? (laughs) (laughs) yes I do (laughs) because I do I'm I'm tired almost every afternoon (laughs) yes the the little bit of yoga stretching and stuff so so why don't you take us into the section you're going to read for us I'm going to go um quiet while you do that reading and um and then at the end we will close out the podcast so share with us what you want to share with us prior to that reading around the concept or the idea before you start Okay, I'm going to read to you. I'm going to start on page 127 of The Business of Being. And this is a chapter called You Are the Company You Keep. And um, I think it'll be self-explanatory once we get going. Are you ready for me to start? Yes, I am. Okay, so I opened the chapter with a quote that I love from Edmund Lee. And for those of the listeners who aren't familiar with Edmund Lee, he's a social media strategist, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and an author. And his quote is, surround yourself with the dreamers and the doers, the believers and thinkers, but most of all, surround yourself with those who see greatness within you, even when you don't see it yourself. So on that note, I'm going to start reading. For a moment, think of yourself as a business. In our personal lives, personal branding is the counterpart of market segmentation and targeting in the business arena. I remember the first time I heard the saying, guilty by association. It came in the form of a warning from my parents. I don't know if it prevented me from continuing with my plans, but the spirit of the adage has remained with me. The people we surround ourselves with reflect our values and impressions of us are developed based on our actions and inactions, good, bad, or indifferent. We're judged by what we say, what we do, what we fail to do, and the people we associate with. In their book, Millennial Reboot, Our Generation's Playbook for Professional Growth, authors Kate Athmer and Rob Johnson shared some of the best, most succinct advice I've ever read that can be applied to our business and personal lives. Quote, don't be a dick, end quote. They followed that with recognize when it's you who's being the asshole, which is the perfect segue to personal branding. The term personal branding is thought to have been first used and discussed in a 1997 article by Tom Peters. Cultivating a personal brand, how you appear to the world, is just as important today as it was then, even more so because in today's high-tech world, we leave a digital footprint viewed by family, friends, neighbors, colleagues, and depending on your security settings, people we don't even know. Personal branding isn't about tooting our own horn. It's about being the best version of ourselves. It's about being a person who adds value and is authentic, mindful, and relevant. A person who's intentional about their trademark, a poster child for the values they embrace. How do you conduct your life? What are your parameters? What are your ethics and practices? What will you become involved in? What will you refrain from becoming involved in? 
According to a survey conducted by the Glenn Lopez Group, less than 15% of leaders have defined their personal brands and less than 5% are consistently personifying them. Why? Perhaps it's because it can be extremely challenging and requires a tremendous amount of self-awareness, action, and accountability. Many people's personal brand include the practice of excellence. When I was a young girl, I desperately wanted to play the piano. I can remember begging my parents for piano lessons, and then came the wonderful day when they acquiesced and said yes. The piano phase of my young life was short-lived because I didn't realize that playing the piano involved practicing the piano. I mistakenly expected instant gratification, but it didn't happen in the blink of an eye, and there were no shortcuts in sight. There are a multitude of things we can practice. Various sports, musical instruments, writing, yoga, law, singing, meditation, art, selfless service, medicine and relationships, to name but a few. The people I find myself drawn to are the people who practice excellence, who embrace the practice as the place of transformation. In this mindset, they regard as their practice, they regard life as their practice and practice as their life. They view everything they encounter through the lens of love. To become exceptionally good at something, we have to practice every single day. To be a master, we have to make it a way of life. Practice is the way we move forward. Once we get there, it's the way we stay. In yoga, abhyasa is having an attitude of persistent effort to attain and maintain a state of stable tranquility. Slow, steady change, breath by breath, asana to asana, still point to still point, until it becomes fluid, efficient, and second nature. As an adult, I show up for practice, life, in a meaningful way. I choose to live on purpose. The funny thing is, it doesn't feel like practice. It feels like uncovering, discovering, and learning. Over the years, I've learned that practice, life, can be messy. It's here we learn from our mistakes. I've also learned that practice, life, can be cooperative and noisy. It's here we learn from each other. Purposeful practice keeps it all moving forward toward greater clarity and mastery. And I'll stop there. Lori, I am so energized and inspired, and I do believe you're meant for me today, but I do hope that my listeners, there is others that felt the same way by listening to that. So thank you so much for sharing that. And more importantly, thank you for sharing yourself in your books. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. And we will have you back um, when you get your, your, not, your fiction book written and <laughs> okay that. I want you back for that so we can share that journey with you too and listeners don't forget about in October if you can make it to that conference you definitely um, go to Lori's workshop and make sure you say hey I heard you on Vicky's podcast because I yes. think that's a lot of fun and I'll try to get myself there too as well <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did. Follow us on social media and sign up for our newsletter where you can be entered automatically each month to win a signed free copy of a book from an author that's appeared on the podcast. You can find out more at our website, www.squishpin.com. And finally, if you're an author in the Pacific Northwest and you would like to appear on the show, you can find out more on our website. So until next week, I hope you enjoy the journey. This is Vicki J. Carter signing off.